welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode here with your host, The D is Silent, on this beautiful winter. I don't know if we're in winter or fall, but we are definitely in the colder part of the year. The latter part, it is Monday, the November the 14th, 2022, about 6.30 in the morning. And we're going to get right into it because it's fresh on my mind after watching Wakanda Forever. So if you haven't seen it, by the time I probably get this posted up, if you haven't seen it, uh, that's too bad on your part because I'm going to just talk about it with spoilers and everything. Um, about four or five days removed and probably going to take me a couple more days to get this up. So it'll be more than a week. Um and there's already people posting spoilers online and on YouTube. So, I mean, if you're really looking for Wakanda spoilers uh, or trying to avoid them, you should be off the Internet or just out of the group chat or whatever the case may be. But let's get into it. Uh, Wakanda Forever. And I got to say, this movie is entirely different than most Marvel movies that have come before it. It's pretty much in a category of its own. Uh, it definitely is a superhero movie. It definitely does what any superhero movie would do. Uh, with the exception that, as you probably know, if you're not living under a rock, Chadwick Boseman is no longer amongst the living. He is has passed away and gone on to better, you know. Uh, he's gone on. He's no longer part of the living with us he's no longer here he's passed away due to cancer may he rest in peace uh and with that said the challenge for me for this movie was and i think the the director i mean did a phenomenal job the the thing the thing is what do you do when the character is well known for a certain role and he dies in real life in the middle of probably his story or maybe even the third of the way maybe it's not even who knows how long Chadwick Boseman would have been Black Panther for um had he stayed alive we don't we don't know this he could have been another Iron Man where he's just there for 10 years 15 years and it and um as it was he had already been involved in several Marvel projects and really gave that character life Uh, very hard to see Black Panther being anybody else but Chadwick Boseman and that was the challenge for the director that was there was obviously things that they wanted to get done in the second Black Panther movie that you could tell right off the jump and there was things that they wanted to do uh, with the Black Panther, you know, going forward. And this was just uh, a wrench in the in the whole plan. But you got to say, uh, I tackled it brilliantly. Uh, very, very. Uh, I don't know if they could have done the movie any better, to be honest. Uh, to me, the, this Black Panther movie is probably is probably one of the best Marvel movies that has actually come out. And I keep saying that Marvel gets better and better at doing what they do. And um, yeah, I mean, just this is why Marvel is top dog, top dog entertainment right now, like because of something like this. Now, let me just start by saying Chadwick Boseman was involved in uh, Captain America Civil War. So he goes all the way. That was, I think, his introduction in, in that movie. Um, and you got to meet Okoye. You got to meet his father. You got to meet uh, Chadwick Boseman himself. And he's played the Black Panther. Um, he was involved in, obviously, his own movie. Black Panther which got to introduce him um, and most of the you know Wakanda Nation obviously his his mother Angela Bassett and, and all the Shuri I, I don't know if Shuri was in 
Civil War. I'm not 100% certain of that. Um, but then, then again, you know, then they were involved in Infinity War. Um, again, involved in Endgame a little bit to a degree. Not not so much. Uh, but as you well know, Infinity War was basically the final battle took place in Wakanda. And you got to meet all the characters. So what I'm getting at is Shuri, Okoye, his, uh, the Black Panther's mother, M'Baku. Uh, all those characters have already had movies and they've had... Um, they've worked with Bozeman. They worked with the Black Panther character. There was already a kind of a, a baseline, if, if that's what you call it. They, there was a baseline. There was, it's, um, you already had some of this story there, like who the Black Panther was. Uh, there's actually a lot of little intricacies. Also, the they, they showed up in, uh, the Wakandans showed up in uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier or Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Uh, the little mini series. There, there's several things that they pulled from. Obviously, uh, Bozeman did "What If." He voiced some things there, uh, and so to me, putting together his funeral on screen. Uh, I mean, the actors almost didn't even act. Uh, I don't know how many of them went to his actual funeral or if his funeral was more of a private affair for his immediate family and whatnot. But, I mean, the actors didn't have to act the whole movie. I mean, there is a there is a degree of realism in Black Panther movie that you almost can't... I, I mean... Like, I don't know how to even explain. I don't know the words for it. Like, they, they they, literally just put these people, you know, Shuri, the character who plays Shuri and Baku and so on and so forth. They literally just dressed them up and they had a a funeral for Bozeman's character. And he just filmed it and, like, literally, I mean, it was like, it was, it was just like the realest shit. Like, he didn't even need to ask them to, to do any fake crying. He didn't need to ask them to you know anything they just it was and I gotta say the first five to ten minutes very hard to watch um not the fact that like it just you could just in my theater in particular it was just quiet dead quiet you could have heard you could have heard uh a cell phone vibrating. It was that quiet. Uh, then the Marvel logo popped up. Again, very hard to watch. They had so much to pull from. You know, the Black Panther. I mean, and, that, and that's the thing. It's not even it was not even my my favorite character that they've had. But then I, I grew I grew on to like okay, he's important. Uh, he's a lovable character. You know. And, you know, just to see him gone on screen and just, you know, all the, you, you forget, like, how many parts of places he's been involved in, like, and he's just gone. And again, uh, the movie, the movie is really good. Again, the, the actors didn't have to do much acting when it came to anything to do with the Black Panther in general or Chadwick Boseman's character in general the pain was is there you could see it throughout the whole movie um so on that aspect uh it's gonna be very hard to top any sort of real acting uh going forward by Marvel that that is probably the realest it's gotten for them like 
and it's just so crazy. I if the, my only thing was my only thing would be if I wouldn't be nitpicky. I wish that the Wakandan Empire had invited, you know, Captain America or you know maybe some other superheroes to attend this funeral. But I guess you know they kept it more for their family, more for the Wakandan people, and yeah, that's fine. That that, but it would have been. You know, to see... It would have, I think, even been better had they showed Captain America there crying as, as an old man. Maybe Bucky there crying, you know. You know, anybody else, you know. Maybe Bruce. You know. But they, they, they I think they kept it clean. And I mean, I kept it, they kept it clean. I mean, it was just really... They kept the they kept the movie clean in that aspect. Um, and then there's an actual movie that takes place, like after the first six or seven minutes goes by. I don't know how long the introduction of the movie is. Then an actual movie happens about the Black Panther versus. Uh, we get our introduction of Namor, and. You know that a movie takes place now. There's a lot that happens in the movie. Uh, essentially, uh, the humans, uh, humans, the uh, rest of the world wants Wakandan vibranium. They know they're sitting on a ton of it. Uh, also, was the Black Panther part of? Uh, they talked about it a lot, but I don't think he was a part of um, Age of Ultron. But I mean, he was. Kind of, I mean, they tiptoed around vibranium in that whole movie. But essentially, the world's governments wants vibranium. They start sending people to track it, how to find it, and eventually they do, and they find it undersea. Uh, and that's what triggers Namor's, you know, he don't want, uh, nothing to do with the top of the world and they stumble onto his vibranium and he just essentially just starts killing the people who want it. And, you know, that's, to me, that's, you know, he's doing what he had to do, uh, it's long since known that Namor ain't want nothing to do with the surface world. Uh, I played Marvel Ultimate Alliance four or five times through. He want, who would rather have nothing to do with the surface world at all. Um, that's his. That's his thing. And pretty much, you know, he's kind of right. Uh, once again, the villain Namor is the villain in the movie, and he's right. Uh, the rest of the world will not stop until Wakanda gives up their vibranium and, and to be used for weapons. I mean, to be used as their destruction of their of themselves is what they're going to do with it. Uh, just like anything else, you know, the Iron Man was faced with a similar situation. Give up his technology. And what did they do with it? It wasn't to protect peace. They turned War Machine into a weapon. Um, that's all they did with it. They weaponized it, uh, which was the case in in you know Iron Man too. They just wanted a, they wanted a weapon of the Iron Man capabilities for themselves, and that's what they wanted to do with vibranium. And Namor said, "No, like they have the tools and the ability to wipe out the rest of the world with Wakanda and Namor's empire, which I can't think about the top of my head." But he comes to Wakanda, essentially breaks in and tells him he wants the scientist because he, the scientist, he wants them dead. And he wants them to lose the ability to track vibranium, especially under the sea. Um, aside from that, you know, the movie proceeds further. Um... 
and the Wakandans eventually go to America and they find Riri Williams who is Ironheart and they're kind of impressed that she's like super smart and has the ability to track vibranium and then at, at some point you know they end up they end up in America they they bring back the the at, the Atlanteans get wind of it but they're not they're not they're no longer the Atlanteans they're, they're another name that the Tolokan Empire I think that's what it's called um, they interfere they they bust that up they take Shuri and they take Riri down to uh, Namor's home and essentially Namor tries to convince Shuri of what's going on and to wage war on the entire surface world and I mean we're going we're in the midst and, and to me this makes a lot of sense because we're in the midst of a full-blown revolt against the idea of Christopher Columbus coming here and discovering America um, and now a lot of his story you know I, I didn't know when I was a young man I didn't know until more recent years the atrocities in the in the straight up uh, the just straight up the nasty business that is Christopher Columbus and and any anybody anybody who came over here from Europe to South America, especially Brazil, you know. Mexico or the Americas, what they and what they came to do, like the bastardization of a whole other continent and, and its peoples, is is something that is not talked about enough. And I just kind of feel like, you know, Namor is right in that aspect. When when you know they were faced with problems, they they took to the sea. When he came back, what he saw was absolutely disgusting. And I mean. I would have done the same thing. I would have been like, you know what? The top of the surface world people and much to not much has changed. I mean, we're living in an age where we're barely like, we're not even a hundred years removed from slavery in the United States. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm 2020. We're barely, we're barely a hundred years away from those world war, great world wars and slavery. I mean, Maybe not, but segregation and racism and slavery just still exist. And basically, um, we're not far off removed from like slavery and shit like that. And, and just the, the again, the bastardization of the world uh, from that point. Mexico um, and the Yucatan, the Mayan Empire, and everybody in that region, I mean, got. No, it's no different. They, they, the colonizers, the Europeans came here and did some of the absolute most dastardly things that you could ever speak of. Um, and it's just, it's just what it is. I mean, Namor, Namor's right. Namor was right, and he convinces. He doesn't convince Shuri. He says he wants to wage war. Shuri doesn't go along with that. They bust Shuri and Riri out, and that sets off Namor's anger towards Wakanda for deciding to tell the world about Vibranium in general. Um, and basically, you know, they're at odds with each other. Uh, the, the fights ensued. Namor's a problem. Namor was going to be a problem. I mean, I mean, Namor doesn't have as much fighting experience as say Shuri does, because uh, Shuri did take place in Infinity War, Endgame, and the Black Panther one movie. Like she's got some fight under her belt. As a matter of fact, she fought a little bit with Killmonger um, uh, against Thanos's goons in Infinity War. And in Endgame, she was in the final battle in Endgame, so Namor hasn't had the toe-to-toe experience, but now he's fought 
toe-to-toe with Shuri as a Black Panther. We could get to that later, but... Uh, essentially, they call it truce. They He yields. He's, they both could kill each other should they, if they wanted to. They both didn't kill each other. Um, and now I kind of feel that Wakanda is supposedly going to cover for Namor's existence um, going forward. And I just kind of feel that, you know... As a Marvel movie, it was really good. Uh, a bit the after credit scene is another young Avenger, the son of Black Panther, um, a young prince. And again, the young Avenger lineup, if we know what's going to happen with the young Avengers, essentially, if my theory holds correct at some point. All the other Avengers will get wiped and washed off the face of the earth, leaving only the youngins to uh, to live. And I mean, I believe that's going to happen. I don't know when. But I think it's going to happen probably over the next several movies. I don't know when they're going to start dying off. Uh, I'm not sure if Shuri is going to take over the Black Panther Nation and become the queen. Uh, They didn't make that clear. Uh, They talked to Killmonger. She ended up talking to Killmonger. When she took the heart shape herb that she created. And I'm just kind of wondering. If they can bring Killmonger back in that sense. That the ancestral plane they can reach. Just like in. um, And bring somebody out of it. Just like. um, Moon Knight. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. It'd be interesting to see what's going to happen with Shuri going forward. Um, obviously, she got a taste of the Black Panther. I think she did a fantastic job of also carrying the movie a little bit. Um, but again, the, the director had uh, a very hard subject to tackle, and that was giving somebody else the Black Panther powers. And I think they did justice having Shuri be the Black Panther, and I think... She should be the Black Panther going forward. It'd be interesting to see whether or not she's going to rule Wakanda. Because M'Baku was going to challenge for the rights to become the ruler of Wakanda. We'll see how that shapes out. Um, but again, the movie is phenomenal, man. And, I, and I'm just getting to work, so I'm going to come back and talk about this a little bit more. And then we'll, you know... I'll give my final thoughts on Black Panther. Maybe I'm going to watch it again and talk about it a little bit more. Um, So hang tight. I'll be right back. So I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's let's discuss for a few more minutes here Wakanda Forever. And um, and then I'll switch subjects here. Um, Overall, great introduction of... Namor or Namor, whatever you want to call him, go by. <clears throat> I know him as all my life as Namor. Uh, Namor, I you know gave him a little bit more of a of a Central American uh, Yucatan vibe to him, and I and I totally get that. Um, I kind of feel as if that fits really well with what the MCU is doing overall getting a lot of different faces a lot of different looks a lot of different people to you know different groups of people to have a hero to cheer for you know and ultimately you know bring everybody in you know as a cohesive unit you know whether it be you know African American people indigenous people Mexicans, uh, whites, gays, uh, you, you name it, uh, 
there's a lot of diversity in the Avengers currently. Um, and so it was a great introduction. I thought his uh, and, and it touched back on after I've thought about it and I've seen a little bit of the general reaction. Um, I, I think they hit the I think they hit the nail right on the head. Uh, and th- this was a slam dunk. I mean, it starting up a lot of conversation about. And I really felt, and I don't even really think it's woke culture. I know a lot of people want to say it's too woke. You should have just left him alone being an Atlantean. But I really do feel as if it's been a a topic as of late as far as, you know, Christopher Columbus and Indigenous People's Day and, and you know, Thanksgiving to a degree. You really have to take a step back and look at yourself when you start talking about you know, American values and slavery and, you know, um, the new world, discovering America, America, you know, the guys, you know, were these fucking people? Yes, maybe they did make a discovery, but then they also bastardized an entire continent of people destroying God knows what they've destroyed in, in, you know, in our word, we could do the rap. You know, I'm not even sure if you're allowed to say, you know, rape on anything these days. But I just kind of feel like, you know, uh, yeah, just basically it's what it is. Uh, I really feel as if they really, you know, Namor, uh, Namor really had uh, his justifications for just saying, you know what? And I think, and I think a lot of people do feel that way. That's why I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards him. Um, for me personally, when he when he said he wants to watch the world burn, I mean, really, he was talking about the ugly side of you know the world that is. Uh, we've you know since America, all we did was do slavery. You know the nuclear. Atomic bomb, World War One, to Vietnam, and, and you know segregation and Jim Crow. I mean, the world is not nothing. There's a lot of ugliness in the world still lingering to this day. And I just think, I mean, if you had, he's not wrong. If you had your chance, you had your ability, you, you might do it. Uh, a great again, they did uh, incredible fan service to Bozeman and his. Peoples and I get you know again. Uh, the movie stands out to me because, I mean, the man, the director in Marvel literally just set up a camera and these and they had a, a comic book funeral for a person that actually died in real life. Who a lot of these characters have gotten to know over years, and I and I keep forgetting that Mbaku was in uh, uh, Black Panther. He was in. in Infinity War and in Endgame, so is Shuri, so is Okoye, so is a couple of the other of these other characters. Um, so that Black Panther team had time to, you know, gel and be, you know, and and I, as far as just we got, you know, Okoye in in T'Challa on screen, like in four different movies at least. Um, but that doesn't include not only just the behind-the-scenes stuff. You know, some of these movie sets take months and months, and then you know the, the press tour and the you know, the, you know all of that, the interviews and you know, and I'm sure they exchange numbers, they talk to each other. I mean, your coworkers in your normal job, some of them you're cool with, some of them you're not. Some of them you just go about your business and you know, go home. You know you're a team like they're supposed to be a team the superhero team like they really do think marvel builds a team you know the director is okay we need to practice and rehearse this and this is what this is going to be about and we need to be true to ourselves you know make statements you know every movie was a marvel makes is a statement project and then this one wakanda forever nonetheless too um so i believe that these characters on screen, these actors on screen have had more than enough time to really bond with Bozeman and just really get to know him over a couple of years. 
I mean, I don't know. Koye was probably with them the longest, maybe, I don't know. I don't know how many years. Four, five, six years. And then, you know, bringing Shuri's character the same, you know. Yeah, I forgot. Everybody forgets Shuri had a big part of Infinity War trying to get Vision's the Mind Stone out of him. The battle took place in Wakanda, you know. And then the Wakandan army came out in the end the end game in the final battle and sure he's right there in a couple of scenes and that's something that I feel that Marvel that's why Marvel this movie the superhero movie I don't know if people what the reaction is going to be but I mean it's they did it well I think they did it in a way where you know they pushed the Wakandans to the forefront again and then they also pushed um uh, Namor's people's in the Tolokan uh, crowd to the forefront, and I just really think they did. They did a wonderful job. I, and again, this movie—it almost at times doesn't even feel like a movie because of the realness of what's going on. I knew going into it, I knew the man died. I knew they were going to have to solve some issues. I knew you could see on the trailers they were going to do give him like a farewell. Um. And they do in the first couple of minutes. Very, you know, it's a very emotional scene. I don't really know if Marvel, Mar- that Marvel only. I mean, Marvel had tugged at it a little bit in Endgame when you know ultimately Iron Man died, but the man is alive in real life. So all those tears and all those, you know, a lot of people in the audience, you know, you get to celebrate because you know if you're a fan of. You just gotta watch Thanos get taken down, and in in this one, <clears throat> Wakanda Forever. I mean, you just know like he died in actual life, and some of these there's there's actual pain there uh, because they got to know him. I mean, as a fan, you get to know certain characters as well, favorite TV shows or what what have you. <clears throat> People die sometimes, and then you just kind of are like, you know, damn, that sucks, man. And then you see these other people. Around him, and I mean, a lot of people loved Bozeman as well. I mean, I know you did Jackie Robinson, you did a couple other movies. Um, and it sucks that he died. I mean, I like, I don't know, I don't have any connection to him personally, but you could just tell on camera that all of that was real, um, was really and it was really raw. Uh, they gave it to you raw, no, no cut, no, they. They tell like man, the man, the director, Marvel really hit it. Uh, they said, "All right, he died. We're going to give him his just dues within the first minute, seconds of you know. It's gonna be him. It's gonna be him. That's what it's gonna be." And they did it. And you can see the pain. And then there's pain throughout the movie. I mean, just pain throughout the movie. And and so. I mean, that alone, this might be one of the first Marvel movies I feel that it kind of is like, it's almost not a movie. This was like realish in that sense that the act, you can see the actors like, it, the tears don't look fake at all. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. I'm, I'm sure it was, the film was very hard to make at times. And then, you know, you get to business, but then again, they, start thinking you start getting into it I mean their friend probably died you know like Fast and Furious uh, I forget which one it was eight um, when Paul Walker died you could see some of the cast who just really like the airs were out of their cells you could see it that was really kind of one of those things um, but you just kind of were like damn that sucks like and everybody has that feeling about Fast and that particular Fast and Furious that all that you know so sad because Paul Walker died but this Black Panther movie is really tugs at the strings of people because I mean the guy really died and he didn't it's not like he filmed half of it and then they had to figure out how to uh, continue the movie without him they he died before the movie even got started and but I think it was already in process of getting 
the story. And I don't know how. That's another thing I would like to. I don't know if there, if Marvel will ever touch on it. What the movie would have looked like with him in it. That's something that was going through my mind a little bit. Um, but what would, I mean, what would the story have been if, obviously, he would have been confronted by. Um, Namor and you know about the things going on. Perhaps they would have brought in along, you know, another little enemy, or maybe because it really had to get to Shuri being the Black Panther that was put in there, so that could have been taken out. Uh, maybe Ironheart's story would have taken out and put more Black Panther in there. Maybe we would have a little bit more Bucky or something in there, maybe. Uh, I mean, you know, no, no, I would have. I don't think Marvel is going to do a what if about it, but it would be kind of interesting to see what the original vision for the story was versus what we got. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, with with the things that needed to be done, the things that were happened, and how the movie turned out, uh, I think my, I think this is probably one of Marvel's better movies. Probably is probably up there with to me, uh, the Multiverse of Madness and. Um, you know, maybe uh, No Way Home, and I, I want to probably put Love and Thunder up there uh, as one of the best ones. I mean, they really Marvel really has done a great job of character representation, things that have happened, things that are going to happen. Uh, the Young Avengers are coming. I mean, I just thought about it again. I mean, I'm like, I don't know who's missing their Young Avenger. Uh, and that is already on the table. I know a lot of people haven't... We haven't figured out who's going to do it. Whether it's going to be Kang. Whether it's going to be the Secret Wars. Whether Doctor Doom's actually going to show up. Whether Galactus comes in and, and tears a, a new one to everybody. Um, we don't know yet. I mean, obviously Kang, you kind of... He might be the, the one to start knocking off all these Avengers. But I, I almost think... That they're going to get the kids out while they defend the Earth. While there's, I think something's going to happen on the Earth surface where most people start dying off. Uh, but the direction, I think, is really starting to culminate now as to who's who's where and who's doing what. Um, again, this movie, I mean, if I have to give it a, a grade, I'd probably give it like a... Probably right around a nine. Uh, there would have been some few things I would have tweaked. Um, a few things I would have personally done different. Like, again, adding a couple of more faces to the funeral. And only, and only for the funeral, but done really classy. Not to take away from the movie, but it would have been good to see Old Man Cap there. It would have been, you know, to see... Bucky be there just, you know, sobbing a little bit. You know, they he, they helped Wakanda. Uh, Wakanda helped them. You know, it would have been, uh, you know, to see perhaps, you know, uh, any, you know, a couple, maybe not the Guardians like that corny, but, you know, would have maybe I think it would have added Cap into it. You know, it may or maybe Bucky, maybe the pair of them. It would have been good to see, you know, Bucky and Cap, or Bucky, you know, rolling Cap up in a wheelchair and just, you know, just being there. Nothing, nothing, just a, just a quick glancing, a quick nod, a quick, you know, I'm sorry, and then dip out. Like that would have been the, that would have been my extent of their cameo. Um, I know a lot of people wanted a lot of other things, but the movie was still great. Um, the music was good. Um, the villain of the movie, as y'all know now, is uh, Namor. And honestly, yeah, maybe the ending I would have done a little bit different. Uh, maybe I wouldn't have had them almost kill each other. Maybe I would have had them fight to a stalemate. I actually thought for a second there would have been really. I mean, this is see, this is one of these things. If T'Challa was alive if Bozeman was alive and his character was fighting uh, Namor it would have been interesting to see if he could have swayed, persuaded Shuri to take uh, to be his side and I almost it almost looked like they wanted him and Shuri to be a thing and that might still 
ultimately possibly be a thing. Although it would be kind of hard to now because he killed her mom. But it kind of looked like that's where it may have intended to go. But, you know, things happen and we got what we got. And I'm not complaining. It's a really good movie. If you haven't seen it, I recommend going and seeing it. And um, that's that. Uh, I'm going to, again, pause this here. And we will be back. I'll wrap this episode up in the next little segment. And uh, get it posted up. So, hang tight. So, I'm back. Let's uh, let's wrap up this episode with the Wakanda Forever spoilers. And uh, let's just talk a little bit about... Um, I got a concert coming up, so I got that coming up. But let's just talk a little bit about um, just some things I got coming up. I mean, I got a lot of things coming up. I got a concert I'm going to this weekend. Uh, Thanksgiving is quickly approaching. Uh, I got Cancun quickly approaching. I've got Christmas quickly approaches and hot and New Year's. So I don't know about you guys, but this year seems to be a little bit more... Now that we're past COVID, and when I mean we're past COVID, I mean COVID to me, um, the majority of the people that uh, have had their their vaccines, like myself, and we've had a boost. I've had a boost. So I had three shots all together. Um, you know, I'm feeling good. I mean, the people that died of it died of it people that got it and you know their shits are fucked up their lungs or whatever you know going forward I mean it's pretty much it already went through the and so last year was kind of like you know it was open but it wasn't too open uh now I think we're full blown open I mean COVID has really died down um and so people are now I think this year for the last couple years have really going to start enjoying the holidays again, like traditional holidays. I think we're probably back to that, that sort of um, really festival spirit, uh, which I, which I kind of feel like was needed. A lot of people need it. Uh, I need the time off, so that you know that's coming, and uh, you know, I watched, been watching, catching up on a lot of my shows. Uh, finding the time to do this. I need to start working out again. There, I got several things I need to, to do before the end. I feel like I'm like out of time, but I I know I've got time. But I'm I feel like I'm out of time. But at the same time, at the same time, ironically, um, you know, where does the time go? It goes by like to me, the day is going by so fast. We just had daylight same times. It's dark now, like at like four thirty. And I mean dark, I mean, it's already sunsetting. I mean, it's pretty much, you have to turn your headlights on. It's, you know, an hour later, 5.45, it's fucking, you you know, even though it's early, the the lights, it's just as dark. Dark as hell. Um, But I'm going to see Haybreed bleeding through, Dying Wish, and I believe Body Snatcher. Body Snatcher FL is a great show. Um, Hopefully I get there in time to watch Dying, the Dying Wishers. Rock in the very beginning, you know, a band I see now twice when I was um, in Arizona for that one show with the Acacia Street. That wasn't a good show. Um, there was Orthodox, Dying Wish, Kublai Khan, and the Acacia Street is a phenomenal lineup. This one is a phenomenal lineup as well. Uh, and yeah, it's in Anaheim. I don't like the venue, the House of Blues, Anaheim. I really don't care for the venue. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, I got to get back to it. Uh, working out, being active these shows. Seems like life is really trying to fill up my time. Um, but once I get through it, you get through it and through it, the sky's the limit, you know. I uh, got a lot... You know, going on there with work and stuff, trying to push. I'm trying to make, you know, I want to take myself from, you know, like 180, 190, 200,000 dollar range. I want to go up. I want to double it. Uh, I want to get up to the 400,000. Get to that, that Biden limit, that 400,000. And not to get too political, but Donald Trump is, as we, as I have explained, Donald Trump is dead. 
He's dead as fuck. He's in the Atlantic Ocean swimming. The body double that exists, um, they gave the green light to proactively run for president. So what I believe is happening is uh, the Democrats, Joe Biden, who's in control of the White House and the government currently speaking, he's had his staff say, you know what? We can use this body double. They're gonna use it. They're gonna use Trump to win. Uh, Trump's gonna take twenty to thirty percent of the vote, and basically, I think we're looking at Ron DeSantis putting to get whatever half is left over, another. 30 to 40% and Biden going to eat by with the 50% win over the two and uh, he's going to Trump and the Trump uh, party is going to really screw over the Republican party and I'm hoping that's the case because I don't really see I don't know they, they just the Republicans just got their asses handed to them across the nation in the midterm elections and it doesn't bode well for the the presidential election in two years from now, uh, which I'm I'm all for. I'm I'm okay with that. You know, like that, that's what they want to do. Uh, but what, again, we're coming to this age politically, and also mentally, and also I, I don't know how to say it, but. And maybe it's this Gen Z shit. I don't know if you guys know what Gen Z is. Um, this Gen Z is kind of like... It, I don't know. I guess it's the younger crowd. Is that That's what it's in reference to. Um... But the the younger crowd just has access to information, especially correct information, and also they see things, and it's really funny because if you see people online, for example, for example Joe Rogan, who Joe Rogan I think years ago was probably right in the dead center where he was, like you know, didn't re- lean one way or the other, but now he's leaning really pro Republican pro conservatism and like I'm like okay I, I don't listen to Joe Rogan myself really don't care for what the man has to say um, nor do I find his show entertaining I mean he's got he's got guests on there that I mean I would slightly like to hear from but I can hear them on a different medium where I don't have to listen to Joe Rogan's bullshit opinion on it as well um but with that said, if you're a younger kid, you're seeing him lean. And a lot, and a lot of these people were like, "Yeah, like they defend guns," and they, you know, and young kids just see it. They just see that oh shit, somebody went and popped off like thirty kids in a school, for example. And you see the senators and you see the, the governors of certain states and you see like Ron DeSantis and, and you see all these people and they and they refuse to act, do anything. As a matter of fact, they just say, no, the Democrats made it somehow. The spin doesn't really spin no more. Uh, not like it has in the past the spin the spin doesn't work i mean the republicans republicans really don't offer much of a solution if any and then they and then you know the things with abortion and i th- kind of think the younger kids a lot of women a lot of uh people just seeing that and that's what but that's what's going on and it's just like people are becoming a little bit more self-aware uh their surroundings and they just can see through the manipulation of what people say they re- they can read through the lines you know a lot of people can a lot of you know and it's so funny to me watching people like Ron DeSantis and um you know uh 
can't think of that lackey's name from fucking Texas, the senator. Uh, not Mark Rubio. Uh, I can't think of Ted Cruz. Uh, it's so funny watching them when they get grilled. Like, hey, what are you going to do about gun control? You know, should we take away semi-automatic weapons? And they're like, no. Yeah. And, and then like, and then they get and then they get wrestled. And you see it. I've seen videos like that. I mean, I'm like, and I'm not. Uh, I'm not one of these people that just sees any video and believes it. But I mean, you see, probably seen like a dozen or so videos in Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz gets flamed everywhere. And the only reason he's still in power is because a lot of the old heads, um, you know, that older than me, the 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds, are still alive to vote for him. They're still clinging on to, like, well... And I don't know, like, they, they say a lot of transgender people are over there, I don't know, in the women's bathroom and they're doing some heinous shit. And I'm like, okay, maybe that's one person per state, maybe, that's doing that. But... How many, to me, you look at it on the, on the flip side, how many church, uh, you know, people are out there doing the same similar shit. That doesn't get, that light is not being shown on that. And it should. And I think a lot of people can see this. And they make better, more well-informed decisions. And I, and I get it, I get it. You know, we have the right to defend ourselves. If a foreign country comes in um, and decides to cause havoc, we should be able to form a militia. Sure. But if a foreign nation comes in, this country is already fucked. Uh, I have long since thought about war in the United States. And I would love to really dive into that, but I would need to do it like on a YouTube video. How would a nation or nations attack us? And I kind of feel like it's not possible coming from either either of the coasts. They have to come through the middle and divide. Making us put two forces on, on either side of an enemy and splitting the United States military. Which might not even be a good idea as is. But it could be a good idea. Um, because... They would have to split the army and put one on one side, one on the other. You know, you know, split. I, I think there's bridges. They could split the United States in half. You know, cut out some resources. And I mean, if they, I mean, the, the United States would have to be failing and broken at this point for them to even get to that point. Um, which I don't think they and they'd have to come through either Canada or Mexico. Mexico probably the most likely. But <clears throat> again, Mexico. You got the problem with going doing all that. The cartel exists, the federales exist, and Americans will do what Americans do best. <clears throat> They'll fight the war somewhere else. So the war will be fought in Mexico. Um, and I just don't believe if, like, let's say China were to come in um, and want to march up to the United States or North Korea, they have to still get through the biggest buyer of dope in the whole entire world. And that's the United States. That fucks with a lot of cartel money. That, in effect, draws out the entire force and strength of the Mexican government. And while this conversation is going way out of topic, I just wanted to just talk randomly. But, um, yeah, I just believe, like... War is not possible here, so we don't... I don't know if it's not possible, but holding on to your guns and having that Second Amendment, I believe maybe like a handgun, maybe a hunting rifle, or just like a bolt action, like one shot here, one shot there. Yeah, if you... I mean, kudos to you. If you can get a bolt action rifle and you can pop off 20 kids or pop off 20 seniors in an old home folks home or at a church or something and you do one bullet at a time and you're sitting there like you know lee harvey oswald picking people off i mean that serious training i mean you're if you're trained to do that and you can do that and that's what you choose to do i mean tip of the cap man i mean what else can i say i mean that that takes a lot of skill and it takes a lot of luck and it takes a lot of 
practice and dedication. Not a lot of people who can pick up a gun like myself. I've no have no training as far as bullet drop and bolt action rifles and in wind, you know. So I'm I might not be able to do that. I might be able to get like three people out of an intended thirty. But if you hit thirty out of thirty, and, and that's your like again, you're on the sniper rifle. You know, I mean, more power to you. You were trained, you were either in the military or you took extensive classes. I mean, that's just, if that's what you were prepared to do, good. But, I mean, it's not, it should not be, I should not be able to get my hands personally on uh, an AR-15, an M-16, uh, an AK-47, uh, any sort of, sort of, and just dump browns. I shouldn't be able to, I shouldn't get it, uh... A chopper like that, um, you know, and it just to me it's kind of crazy that people are defending your right to own something like that, <clears throat> and that that has nothing to do with even being that I lean I lean left. I'm, I'm not even gonna lie. I'm you know I lean more towards a little bit more liberal stuff, um, and I just don't know. Like I don't really see, but I don't really see. The need to own that kind of a gun. And a lot of people say, "Well, we're going to get invaded." Well, we get invaded. We got a lot bigger problems than, or, or if the government comes out, you got a lot bigger problems because ain't shit going to happen. You can't really defend yourself against the military strength of another nation or our own nation. Um, you might as well just take your loss, pack up, and move, and gather. You know, help somewhere else. Yeah, but I I don't, I don't see that. That's one issue. Uh, abortion really comes down to it's really abortion versus religion. And a lot of people are like, no, you're taking a life. You're just gonna condemn your soul to hell, especially child's life. Uh, and that an abortion can be easily defeated because a lot of kids. I, I mean, I see the commercial all the time for St. Jude's Hospital. That God be giving kids cancer too so I mean what fucking difference is an abortion uh it was God's will that you got an abortion as far as I'm concerned um but that that should just be it should just be something you can go to your doctor to and have done now if the baby's out of the body like full nine months and Three days and the baby's out. You can't just kill the baby, no. But I mean, at some point, at like five months, if you decide, you know, this is not the right choice for you, you should be allowed. I would even say like six, seven months. I would even say eight months. I mean, you use all my words against me on my wand, but I mean, literally, if it was such a case that it is so wrong because God is, it's so against. The naturality of God, or that makes you a murderer. Um, you can apply that same logic to the food you eat. Not a lot of people have the the galls or the, the balls to run up on a fucking chicken and cut its head off, a full a full blown chicken, or gut a pig. Not a lot. So many people are squeamish of that, and yet it's the same thing. Oh well, a pig is not doesn't it's not a human. It's not. Uh, fuck you. People value here in the United States cats and dogs to the hundredth degree. And if you've seen somebody taking a knife and slashing the throat of a dog, skinning it, and then you know preparing it to eat, people in the United States would absolutely lose their minds. A motherfucker might go to jail for life for that. What's the difference between? A dog and let's say a cow that you get steak from. What's the difference? They're both animals. They're both. They both can't speak. They can't tell you they're hurting. They can't tell you that. Oh, they have a little pain in their side. They can't tell you. They they they're not human. What's the difference between a canine and a, and a cow? You couldn't tell me. There's much of a difference. They as my factors actually have a lot of similarities, but. I mean, people get up and uppity uppity about killing a dog, but you kill a cow, you know, for its meat, a cattle, 
or a pig. And most people don't got a problem with that. And I'm not a PETA fucking... Um, I'm not a PETA fucking man, per se. But I do understand that it is murder. When I sink my teeth into a delicious... Uh, all beef patty, double cheeseburger with bacon on it. I do understand that, hey, these came from somewhere. and But it's fucking good. And honestly, abortion should just be... It shouldn't even be because we're getting to the point where, where religion is defeated. Uh, I, actually, I think there's new religions on the horizon. We'll get to those in another couple hundred years. But maybe sooner. But I do believe... New religion on the right. This old religion's just not hacking anymore. It's, it's causing too much chaos in the world. Uh, but the younger, I'd say the younger and even my age, people can really see through the lines, which is why America is progressing the way it is. Uh, why these midterms and why Joe Biden won in the first place. Uh, but with all that said, guys, I mean. You know, I've got a lot of... i got a busy schedule coming. I was rambling on there for a little bit. Uh, going back to Donald Trump, I hope he does run. I hope that he takes votes from DeSantis or whoever's the Republican nominee. And I hope that um, <clears throat> Biden wins 2024. Let's go. Um, I'll get this posted up soon, guys. And I'll catch you on the next one. Maybe I'll do a post-concert review of... Uh, hate reading bleeding through at the House of Blues in Anaheim, California. Laters.